it's your girl, the Brown Girl CEO, and you are tuned in to the CEO Chats Podcast, where me, Natalie, talk about open discussions and topics about how to open, start, maintain, and grow your profitable business. If this is the podcast for you, please make sure that you grab your pen and your paper because we are in for a chat. Let's start. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the CEO Chats podcast. Thank you for bearing with me as I know I'm trying to be more consistent, but life happens and we're back. So on this episode, I want to talk about negotiating business. So I came about this idea because for one, I do a lot of different business deals, whether that's with clients, whether that's with business partners, um, or just in general, trying to, of course, try to move my way up, right, with my finances. So The most important thing that I want to bring to this episode is what needs to go in the contract and also what do you need to do as you negotiate these business deals. So remember, disclaimer, when negotiating business deals, always remember that this is something that is tailored to the two parties involved. So every situation is always different, um, but know that some of these things that I'm telling you need to be negotiated or need to be amended before any contract is signed, okay? So those of you who have probably already signed a contract um, or already gotten your business your business partner, you can always, or you should be always able to negotiate more, amend some of the contract's details that are already in there. So this is something that, or if you don't have what I'm mentioning in your contract, when you do these business deals, just really make sure that you have these in there the next time or request if you can get an amendment. Okay. So before you even get to this point of the contract, Always pay attention to that person's or the investor or the business partner's attitude. How are are they running their own current businesses? If they haven't ran a business before, then I, for me, I just don't do business with people who don't have their own business. I'd rather you work under me and learn. Or if the investor is someone that you're researching as well, what other businesses do they invest in? What are their you know, main concerns um, as far as the world. Most investors invest in things that they feel are going to change the world, change them, make an impact, whatever the case. And how does your business fit in with that? Some of the investors that I have come across really only stick to one thing, real estate, technology, um, women, you know, things like that. They invest in different things that really pertain to what they want their investment portfolio to look like. So if you got an investor that has, cars, he has, um, you know, cars, he has trucks and different things. And then he has a spa and then over there he has a restaurant. That's a little bit for me. That's a little confusing. I like to deal with people who know exactly what they're trying to work with. So before we even get into this, we're in the same realm and you know how to run this business as long as, as much as I do. So I don't trust anyone who has an ice cream business to run my CBD business the way that I want it to, right? It would just would not make any sense because there are different sanctions, different laws. We're governed by different departments of the university of the United States of America. So there wouldn't be a same common ground as that they're going to have to take an interest to learn now if they decide to invest on a personal level cool but if we're one of your business partners unless I need something from you like I want to have CBD ice cream other than that 
I don't need to cross with you. So just remember that before we even get into what needs to go into the contract. Um, the second thing that I would say, pay attention to what percentage that they will want. So if they're looking for 80%, like, no, like that's a no, no. So I would never invest or get into a business opportunity with someone who wants more than 50% of my business. I have never budged that low ever before, but trust me, it can happen if the right person is with me. But I don't like to go under 60%. Like I hate, I would never. And that's something that I did in my marijuana business. Whoever's joining in with me, I do not, like I'm not budging on 60 like period, I'm not budging. So we can add as many people as we want to, but you're all gonna have to figure out that rest of that 40%. And that's how, that's me. That's what I like to do. That's how I do it. Just because I don't wanna get no lower than what I'm supposed to be getting. So I like to make sure that whatever percentage that that person is pitching to me makes sense to me in the long run. I don't want to sit here and, okay, well, we're going to take 50% of the business and we're just going to give you a monthly salary of $600. No, <laughs> like, no, because I don't want that. That's not what I want. So that means you're still, let's say we make $1,000. I make 500 or I make $500 and then I make additional 600, right? To me, that just that's just not, I don't like that. I like to make sure that, okay, I'm going to have, 70%. You might as well give me that additional $600 within that. I don't want to sit here and give you 50% and I stay stuck at a $600 salary. No, that's not that's not reasonable for me. Some of y'all are like, "Madly, that's bad. That's more than what he got. He got 500." I don't care what you're talking about. I'm telling you right now. If if we make a million dollars and I get a half of a half of that million dollars, I'm cool with that, but I'm not okay with taking a half a million dollars and $600. That's stupid. That's real dumb. Because I got money, true. But if my salary is going to be like that, give me more percentage just giving me just dollars thrown at me. Like, no, that's ridiculous. So I don't enjoy salaries whatsoever unless I know that I negotiated that out of my contract and that corporation that we started is like that and I'm legit sitting in as the president, right? So that's how I like, that's how I like to do it. I just want the percentage straight off the cut. That's it. So that way my money is never set and exact. It's always increasing. It's always going forward. And then on top of that, if we lose money, I don't want to be responsible for taking $6,000 out or $600 out because by contract, you have to pay me that. No, keep that $600 in the business. Like I want to reinvest that. And for me, that's my flexibility that I would want in my business. So now that we're at that point, we're knowing what we kind of want out of a business partner or an investor, let's kind of jump into the actual things that need to be going on in the contract. So the first thing that's on my list is directors, right? Board of directors. Most partnerships have board of directors. And, well, and also most LLCs have board of directors. Well, every business formation should have board of directors, period, Right. So the board of directors is most important. I see some people who never have that. They actually just have it to the two parties. But if we're going to a business formation, I want to have board of directors because I might have a business advisor that I want to add onto my business 
um, or into this business um, contract that you might not have met this individual, but I value them and I want them in this contract. So I like to always make sure that every person involved has a title and every person knows what they're supposed to be doing. So in the board of directors section, I want to see everyone's name, everyone's title and what that description is and what their percentage is. And I see that happen all the time where it's, it, those are the arguments. I only owe 50%. I only owe 25%. I only owe 1%. I can blah, blah, blah. Pointless. What are we all doing? How much are we getting paid? Like that needs to be said in that contract. And I see that missing all the time. Now, the next clause that I want to talk about is after that is the payouts or salaries. So in one of my companies, in Indohigh Organics, we do payouts. So we're by percentage. Some people, they actually do salaries. Like I mentioned before, you're going to get paid 50, 50K, 45K, whatever the case may be annually to fulfill this position. Now, I like to do payouts because I like them to respect the point of having a percentage instead of a salary because your income will halt. So I just don't like when people have to have salaries. But at the end of the day, like my team gets payouts. I like for them to respect the percentage and get what they're supposed to be owed out. So there's nothing wrong with the salary. I just don't want you being stuck in that amount. When the company grows and everything like that, they're at two billion and you're still at five hundred, you know, dollars for your salary. Just not the wisest thing to do. Now, after that, I also like to make sure that I have accounts that the bank's going to be, that whatever banks that we're going to be using, right? And who's going to be responsible for those accounts, the tax audits, all the audits in general, who's going to be responsible for that accountability. I want to see that and where the finances are going to be kept. So I have that in my partnership agreement with my team because I want them to be transparent and clear on our funds are only supposed to be in here. There's no personal accounts. There's no, you know, difference between who money is in kept in what. No, this right here is accountability. And with these accounts, it's going to, in that account section, it's going to say where and what days are people going to get paid, right? So in mine, I have, we do payouts on the first of the month. And the payouts are going to go to each person's personal account and it's going to be a bank transfer or an account transfer, whichever one you want to say. So I like to make sure that we're responsible for the payees that are supposed to be getting their money. And I'm also wanting to make sure that we're responsible for where the money is kept so we can know that the business over time is making the consistent money it needs to and also respectfully paying out after after all the business expenses are paid for, not when the business is still functioning, running, we ain't paid the bills yet, right? So the other parts of that is making sure by percentage, everyone is accounted for and respected in regards to their vote. So I like to make sure that we include votes in there. So if anything happens, your vote counts for 20%, right? That's your percentage of what it is. The If we're going to get a building, you're 20% of that vote. So if you say yes, then that's 20, 20 to 30% said yeah, right? And 25 said no. But then again, you can do it that way. Or if you choose to, you can have it to where the votes are, okay, there's three yeses, you know, yay, nay, the regular, the regular way to vote, 
Now, this is always helpful for people who really, really value their opinion. So I like to make sure that we go around the circle and say, hey, we're trying to acquire this building, yay or nay. Yay, nay. All right. If it's 50%, you know, or it's, you know, uneven or whatever, add another third party in to make sure that it's valid. So votes are very important because at the end of the day, I see a lot of arguments come into play because people do not value votes. They don't value others' opinions. I might be the CEO of my companies, but at the end of the day, if I have, if one of my businesses function with other individuals involved, then I have to make sure that these votes are in place because I don't want anyone getting upset about what occurs. Now, these two clauses are going to talk about when people get upset. Now, two things that, well, the main thing that I have, I know for a fact that people necessarily have um, should be the arbitrary laws or when someone needs to get sued or get the hell up out of here. Um, most contracts have that. I would say every single contract needs to have that because I sue people. And I just want to make sure that when I sue you, and when if, it, if it's something that I don't like, you disrespected the business, you did whatever the case may be, you got to go. And I'm going to sue you for defamation, whatever the case, whatever. You know, suing has a lot of different realms. <laughs> but um, the those that clause needs to be in there per the state of what the LLC is at or per what the state of what everybody can collectively come together at. So some things are why some contracts fall short is because they don't really have disillusion clauses or amendments. So if someone pisses you off, someone steals the money, someone does something crazy, what is the process for that? And that needs to be included in your contract. If it's not included in your contract, please make sure you go and amendment because that needs to be added for sure, for sure. So with dissolutions, there needs to be a reason why we need to dissolve this, right? If for any reason someone wants to remove themselves from the partnership agreement, what's going to happen to the income? Will they receive their payout? What percentage of that payout will it be? And why are they, why and how will they be leaving the company? Are they responsible for sending a certified letter? Are they responsible for just letting someone know verbally that they want to leave? Or they have to write a written signature somewhere on some documents stating that they want to be removed. What is the process of that? Or what is the process of that the rest of the members do not like this individual and they feel that they need to remove them? How do they do that? Will they take a vote? Will they just say the CEO, hey, bro, I don't like him. He got to go. Okay, he gets to go. We're fired. What is the process when it comes to that? And some people really get in negatively with their business partners because they figure they can just chop somebody off at the top. No, we can't dissolve anybody until we all feel like they're going to get dissolved. That's and that's unfair. If at least one or two of the person of the of the board or people of the board does not like an individual and want to remove them, that is power enough to take a vote to say whether or not they can keep this person. That's it. For me, I think that's respectful. If I don't like somebody, they're running the business amok, I want to remove them. And how I remove them is by voting or by just stating I don't want them. And that's what's in my clause for my dissolution. If someone disrespects the business, does something that's out of the ordinary, then they have to remove themselves or I'm going to remove you for you. Okay. So 
all of these things I really hope that you guys pay attention to when you make your next business deal because you just don't want to be cutting yourself short, okay? You always want to make sure that you have your best foot forward, a solid contract, and you understand what you're agreeing to. And what you're agreeing to makes sense for you in the long run. So I love you all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you have an amazing, amazing November. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Hey, like the episode that much? Make sure you comment, like, and subscribe. And if you want to join us on Instagram and on any other social media platforms, we are Brown Girl CEO Network. And if you like me that much, make sure you follow me on Instagram at the Natalie Rochelle. That's the with two E's, Natalie Rochelle. Thanks and see you in the next episode.